Today on Awaken to Grace, we are in part three of our current sermon out of Mark chapter two. We are in a greater series called Walking with Jesus, and we're only in Mark chapter two. We have a great journey ahead of us, and I hope that you'll be here for each and every episode. If you are a podcast listener, You know, we have two channels that you can subscribe to. You can subscribe to Awaken to Grace with Chad Roberts, which is our broadcast schedule. Or if you want to stay current with every sermon that I preach each week in the pulpit of Preaching Christ Church, let's enjoy God's Word today, Mark chapter 2. Let me tell you about Voltaire. He was a wicked and a godless man. He was a wicked man. Look up the way Voltaire died. It is said he had a very painful death, and as he died, it is recorded that he died screaming as he felt the flames of hell lapping about his feet. That godless man, that wicked man. Do you know what he is famously quoted as? As he mocked God Almighty, as he mocked believers of his day, and as he made an utter mockery of the word of God. Do you know what he is famously said to have quoted as saying? He said, 100 years from my day, there will not be one Bible left on planet earth. What a foolish man. Do you know what happened when that godless man died? (laughs) Christian businessmen. What would today be modern day Gideons? Christian businessmen gathered together, pulled their resources, purchased his estate. And his home became the largest Bible printing distribution hub for Bibles in all of Europe. Amen? Amen. And let me tell you, this church is cut from that exact same cloth. We are committed to translating Bibles, printing Bibles, distributing Bibles all over the earth. We have distributed, I don't even know the count, I don't even know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands copies of the Word of God. Why? Because you know what Jesus said? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will abide forever. Friends, we are Bible investors. We invest in eternity. These men tore the roof off. They stopped at nothing to get their friend to Jesus. Now, look with me at verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic. Now, stop right there. Mark is so specific. I want to show you. He doesn't say, Mark did not record. And when Jesus saw the faith of the paralytic, it doesn't say that, does it? Do you know why I believe it doesn't say that? This is just my personal belief. I don't want to read too much into the text. But see, I think these friends had more faith than he had. I think these friends pushed him to go. I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you, I know what it's like to hate to go out to a restaurant. I know what it's like to spill things in public. I know what it's like to bump my way around or to miss a curb or to walk into a half-open door. I know what these things are. And I think when they said, we're going to strap you to this thing and we're going to lower you down from the roof, I thought, I bet he thought you guys are crazy. No, no, no. And when they lowered him down, I want you to note, the Bible says when Jesus saw, whose faith? Their faith. How many of you right now got people on that cross? How many of you right now, you have prodigals nailed to that cross, and right now, they don't have faith. Right now, they're resisting Jesus. Right now, they won't come to Christ. But let me tell you, my friend, God sees your faith. He sees your faith. And don't get me wrong, they have to have faith. But let me tell you, hallelujah, their faith is coming in the name of Jesus. But right now, you are carrying to Jesus. You are bringing them to the Lord. You're pushing them along. You're saying, I know God is going to change your life. Hallelujah. And it might be that God is seeing your faith in them today. Amen. So don't grow discouraged. Don't, you say, Chad, another year has come and gone and they're still not come to faith. Don't get discouraged. You keep shouldering it. You keep carrying them. You keep bringing them along because eventually the master is going to touch them. Amen. Amen. Now, verse number six, we've seen the crowd and how selfish they are. We've seen the four men and how determined they are. We've seen the paralytic and in my view, how embarrassed he was. But Jesus, verse 5, sees this faith, their faith. And he says to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, the story is going to change gears right here and, and follow along with me. Verse number 6. Now, some scribes were sitting there and questioning Jesus. Questioning him. You know, people aren't any different today. You know, I realize that as I preach the truths of God's word, people don't just sit there and because, you know, it's scripture. People don't sit there and go, oh, yes, yes, yes. No, people don't. People internalize things and they go, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I agree with that. You know, people are no different today than they were 2,000 years ago. Many of you listening today, you're questioning. You're questioning. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I believe that. But let me show you what Jesus did. Look at verse 6, verse 7. In verse 7, here's what they're saying in their hearts. They say, why this man says he can forgive sins. That's blasphemy. (coughs) No one can forgive sins but God. It's hard for us to pick up in our English language, but in the original manuscripts, in the Greek language, when Mark writes, this man... It's very derogatory. This is a derogatory construction in the Greek language. You can sort of hear it in our English. I mean, you can picture him going, well, how can this man say this? But in the Greek, it's very emphatic. In the Greek, it stands out. And it's extremely derogatory. 
But if you're going to take notes today, what I would do if I were you in your Bible, I would circle the two words, this man, and I would draw an arrow down to verse number 10, and I would circle the title, son of man, because those two are going to link, and I'll link them in just a second. But pay attention to the link there. So verse 6, they're going to question in their heart. Verse 7, the questioning becomes derogatory. Well, who does he think he is? He's but a man. And then verse 8, notice it says, and immediately. Now, there's our key word for Mark, remember? The word immediately or straightforward. In the Greek, it's ethos, E-U-T-H-O-S. Remember what we said last week? Ethos, immediately, straightforward. It is used 41 times in the book of Mark alone. It's used seven in the book of Matthew, once in the book of Luke, and 41 times in the book of Mark. It's only used 40-some times in the rest of the entire Scripture, New Testament. But yet 41 times just in the book of Mark. Why? Because it speaks to the fast pace, to the action. It reads like an action script. And immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit, he knew their thoughts. He knew what they were saying in their heart. Friends, just like people today question the Lord, let me tell you, Jesus today knows every single thing you're thinking in your heart. Do you realize that? Remember what he said to the church of Thyatira in Revelation chapter 2? He has eyes a flaming fire. What does that mean when Scripture says the eyes of the Lord are as flames of fire? It means his eyes are piercing. It means nothing is hidden from his sight. That means you can come in here and blend in with everybody and then live an incredibly sinful life behind closed doors, and the Lord sees that, and the Lord knows that. You can sing the songs, but be derogatory toward the things of God in your heart, and the Lord Jesus sees that and knows that. And so Jesus sees it. He knows what they're thinking. And note what he says, verse number 9. He's going to ask this culture a question that's just as pertinent and just as relevant to our generation today. Watch what he says. He says, which is easier to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, or your sins are forgiven? Which is easier to do? See, in that day... People believed that physical healing was easier than salvation, than the forgiveness of sins. Friends, do you realize that in our culture today, it's just the opposite? If you ask the average believer, just the average Christian, can God forgive anyone's sin and cleanse them? You know what every Christian will say? Absolutely. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you're going to be forgiven of your sins. You'll be saved for all of eternity. But if you ask the same average believer, can God and will God heal? Then there's a hesitancy. Well, I don't know about that. Why is it that we are the exact opposite? We believe God will forgive anyone not heal anyone. Friends, the gospel is the same throughout all generations. 
And you know what the Bible says in Psalms 103? That not only does God forgive all our iniquities, he heals all of our diseases. And sometimes we have to stand in that. Sometimes we have to, just like the children of Israel had to fight Jericho and they had to fight Ai and they had to fight the Canaanites and the Jebusites and the Hittites and they had to go to war with all the giants of the land. Sometimes we as Christians have to go to war over sickness. Right now I fight disease in my body. Right now I fight it every single day. And every day I speak to it. Every day. You know, here's the difference with Christians. And, and, and see, here's where I want to encourage you, my friends, as we preach through the book of Mark. You and I, if you've been in the church world long at all, you and I have seen these things abused. We've seen crazy people do crazy things. Come on, right or wrong? But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't take something that has been abused and neglect it. Here here is my point. As Christians, I'll tell you my view of how I interpret the Word of God. Not only my view as a pastor and as a Bible teacher, but my view as a Christ follower and a man who is fighting disease in his body right now. As a Christ follower, I do not deny that sickness is not in my body. I don't pretend, I don't hype things up, I don't, I don't pretend and be fake and try to wishful thinking. I don't deny that sickness is there. What I deny is it's right to be there. You see what I'm saying? And in the Gospels, Jesus went about healing and doing good and setting free all those who were oppressed by the devil. We are going to walk through many, many healings throughout the book of Mark. While the book of Mark is the shortest book of the four Gospels, it records more miracles than any other Gospel. And why does it record these things for us? Because Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And just as God had the ability to forgive in the pages of the Bible, he has the ability to forgive today. And just as Christ had the ability to heal in the pages of the Bible, my friends, he has the ability to do the same today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can get out of balance with these things. You can get, but listen, just like you can get in one side of the ditch, you can also get in the other. And we've all seen churches that are in the one ditch where it's craziness and it's like an insane asylum. And then there's that other side where God doesn't do what he used to do. Friends, that's the other side of the ditch. In the middle of the road are those who believe the Bible And they believe God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Now, I don't want to be a Christian who says, I believe, but. I don't want to be one of those. I don't want to be one of the Pharisees who says, well, God can forgive a sin, but he can't heal a body. Or in their case, God can heal a body, but he can't forgive a sin. No, I want whole faith, complete faith. 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Christ challenges them and he says, which is easier to say, pick up your bed and walk or your sins are forgiven. Now, verse 10, note this with me. He says, but these things are so that you will believe the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins on the earth. Again, the main thing is the main thing. Yes, I believe in healing. But let me tell you what you need more than healing. You need salvation. Let me tell you what this church needs more than miracles. We need the preaching of the word. The main thing is the main thing. So he says these things are so you may believe the Son of Man has the authority, not the ability, the authority to forgive sins on the earth. Note the title, Son of Man. Just If you're going to take notes, note this, and then I'll begin to draw us to a conclusion. Note the Son of Man. This is a messianic title for Christ. What it means is God in human form. The term first appears in Daniel chapter 7 in the Old Testament. Mark is going to use this title for Jesus 14 times in his 16 chapters. The four Gospels is going to use the title Son of Man 80 times. This is a major theme for Christ. And why does he say Son of Man? Because John 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word became... The Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's God incarnate. It's Emmanuel, God with us. And and do you remember what the Pharisees and scribes, remember what they said in verse number uh, 7? Why this man, the derogatory, this human, this flesh, this man. And then Christ says, no, the son of man. Do you see the link between verse 7 and verse 11? Or 10, rather. Now, verse 11, I would love to have heard the authority and the voice of Jesus. He looks at the paralytic and he says, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go home. I can't imagine the authority behind those words. I can't imagine the authority and the tone of his voice. I can't imagine his piercing eyes as this miracle right before their eyes takes place. And verse 12, And the man arose and took up his bed. Now why do you suppose Christ told him to go home? You know why? I'm telling you, as a disabled man, I know how comfortable home feels. I know how comfortable it feels to sit at home. But see, when he tells him to go home, he's going to go home completely different. He's going to go home an absolute changed man. He's saying, go tell your family. Go tell your neighbors. Go tell your neighborhood. Christ has done for you. And then there's a phrase, lastly, that I want you to note. I would circle this in my Bible. Do you remember the crowd that would not let him in? Mark is very specific. Mark says, 
and before them all, he walked out. (laughs) The same crowd that wouldn't let him in parted to let him walk out. Amen. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, there are people from your past. There are people you grew up with. There are friends you used to hang out with. There's family from your past who told you you'll never change. You'll never be any different. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never be anything different than what you've always been. Oh no, my friend, pick up your testimony, take your bed and walk before Christ in front of them all, amen. It's your story. It's your testimony. It's the life change that Jesus has wrought in you. Live Jesus in front of everybody. Tell them how he changed your life. Tell them how you were broken, how you were undone. You were apart from Jesus and how one day the master, he touched you and he changed you. Oh, hallelujah. Friends, it's your bed today. It's your story. It's your testimony. And God never told you to leave it in the past. He said, pick it up and take it home with you. Let it serve as a reminder This is who I was before Jesus. This is how I met Jesus. And this is who I am today after Jesus. Oh, glory to God. You have a testimony. You have a story. And God wants you to craft it. God wants you to tell it. Go today to preachingchristchurch.com craft your story maybe you're here today and you're still crippled you haven't been touched by the Lord Jesus Christ right now with every every head bowed, every eye closed you've not been forgiven yet you're like the crowd you've been curious you're like the crowd, you're interested but you've never been lowered down through the roof and today you feel your need for Jesus Oh, hallelujah. Today, you need to be touched by the master. Let me tell you, he'll touch you. He'll forgive you. He'll cleanse you. He'll change you. He'll restore you. He'll make you a new creation. Old things will pass away and everything will become new. I'm telling you, on the authority of God's word. The same Jesus. This same Jesus in Capernaum is in Kingsport today. And he'll touch you right now with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Call on him right now. Pray with me right now, right now. You watching online, you listening, you pray right now, wherever you are, pray right now. Lord Jesus Christ, pray this in your heart. Lord Jesus Christ, touch me. Forgive me. Save me. I need you, Jesus. And I call on you today. Forgive my sins. Cleanse my life. And be the Lord of my life.
Thank you so much for listening to our broadcast today. I did want to take just a moment and mention our store. If you go to our website, awakenedtograce.com, just navigate to the store page and you're going to find music by all of our awakened artists and plenty of books by Pastor Chad. Also, while you're on the website, you can view Pastor Chad's story about his blindness and what the Lord is doing through him through Awakened to Grace and through our church, Preaching Christ Church. Thank you so much for joining us today on Awakened to Grace.